Welcome to this podcast by Global Church. We are a church planting movement wanting to reach cities from here to everywhere, one to everyone. If you want to find out more information, check out our website on www.globalchurch.co.uk. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift, everyone say gift. gift. The gift of God is eternal life through his son. And so Jesus is our redemption. He's bought us and he's paid a price for us. He gave his life for us. This is before we were Christians. This is when we're, what it says in in Romans chapter 5, I think it is. It says, while we were still enemies of the cross, Christ died for us. And he says, you know, a good man might, uh, some people might, might decide to die for a good person, but for a bad person. And Jesus is our redemption. So he's bought us. And, and he chose us before we were good at anything. He chose you before you were born. And it's just too, it's too, it's too much for us to take in, really and truly. I'm, I'm telling you that because when you become a Christian, you think, now I've got to get everything right. Why? You didn't get it right before. <laughs> and he accepted you at your worst. Yeah. And it's important that you get that. He accepted you at your worst because there'll be days in your life where you think, I think I've regressed so much. I don't even know whether I am a Christian. Yeah? yeah. And, and you need to remember that Jesus chose you before you, you had your act together. Yeah? yeah? yeah. Before you even like, wanted to believe in him. And he paid the debt regardless. Yeah. There's, there's gazillion people out there who don't know that Jesus has paid for eternal life for them. Yeah. They don't know it. And they're not going to find it. And they'll miss eternal life and they'll have eternal death. And, but Jesus still paid. That's how generous God is. He just paid it anyway. And what he says to his church is, go and tell them. Just go and tell them. He doesn't say bug them with it. He just says, go and tell them. And he says, while he's telling them, why don't you bring them in? Don't just invite them, bring them. Bring them to church. So Jesus is our redemption, but he's also our salvation. Because once you've been bought and you respond to that, then you realise, what the hell have I done with my life? And and it's a bit like the Zeebrugge ferry when it capsized. Eventually, they had to drag it out of the salvage team. Salvation means salvaging. So Jesus salvages our life and then restores it back to its former glory. Yeah? Yeah. And so the damage that sin has done in our lives, you know, sin damages you. That's why God hates sin. He doesn't hate the sinner. He hates sin. But because we've been poisoned with sin, we're addicted to it. We're like, we're all recovering addicts. We are all recovering addicts. Some people say, well, I've got this problem and that problem. No, we are all addicted to sin. Yeah. And this, this is what the Bible says about sin. There is pleasure in a sin, in sin for a time. And it's just like, it's a bit like chocolate. Chocolate just tastes so good. <laughs> Whoever invented chocolate, you need, they need to repent because it's just so good. But then it has a sting in the tail. It puts a bit of, uh, bit of uh, it makes you bigger. <laughs> just, it just does, it just does. But you see, Jesus is our redemption and he's our salvation. He's salvaging you. You will never stop, stop the process of, of salvation because it goes on and on and on. You think you're free and then you get freer. A moment of favour is worth a lifetime of labour. A moment of favour is worth a a lifetime of of labour. We've just sung as the praise goes up, the walls come down. You know what we're talking about there? I bet a lot of you don't know what we're talking about. We're talking about the walls of Jericho. Yeah? Yeah? Yeah. 
and the walls of Jericho came down. So the walls of Jericho, they were impenetrable. And yet it took God to get his, his guys there, the, 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 the Israelites, and he said, march around it seven times. They'd be marching around it each day, but just summing it up, on, on the, the seventh day they marched around it seven, th uh, seven times. Six times saying nothing, but on the seventh time they shouted. And a collective shout caused the walls of Jericho to come down. What an impossibility. They were between 30 and 90 foot thick in parts, these walls. I mean, you, and it was, it was the greatest kind of um, city wall in the whole of the Gentile area that God had promised this is your good land. But there's squatters in there. Get rid of the squatters and there's houses for free. There's sheep, there's, there's cows, there's honey, there's goats, there's all that, you know, there's wine. Well, grapes, but you know, wine, olives, yeah? And what they didn't realise was the toughest city to take was Jericho. They knew it were a barren, but everything else beyond that, if you can take Jericho, you can take anywhere. Can you see how God is strategic? And so he took them. What battle are you going through at this moment in time? And you think, oh gosh, if this is Christianity, it's too hard. No, 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 break this one. Break this one. And others will just come down. You'll think, that were easy. I walked through that. I were expecting at least three months of sadness and grief in my brain. But I didn't get it. What I got was breakthrough. Yeah? God's favour can cause it to happen. The walls of Jericho came down. Not by power or by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's fantastic. So, when was the last time you praised and shouted about a problem that you've got. How weird's that? We don't talk a lot about that on, on, on Sunday, but do you know something? That's part and parcel of finding breakthrough. Yeah. And if the, if the neighbours are and you know that they can hear you, speak it into a cushion. Sing it. You know, use, use. Don't let them all think you're loop the loop. <laughs> Walls of Jericho, come down! <laughs> We're in York. We're in York. Speak it into a cushion. Anyway, it can seem weird, but I'm looking at what they did in the Bible. And it says, those who call on the name of the Lord. When was the last time you called on the name of the Lord? Or did you just say, oh Jesus, if you're there, help me. And here's another thing, while you're at it, fill me bank balance. While you're at it, find me a wife. And, and, and We have a little chunner to God, don't we? We're all chunners. When was the last time you called? Like, Jesus! Yeah? If you were sinking in water like Peter was, what would you say? Jesus. I'm here. Dolphin man's here. You know, it's like, Jesus! Because there's desperation. But we don't, we're too cool for school. Now, I don't want us to be wacky. We, I don't want the wacky weird church, but I do understand there's some principles that we have to get hold of. And we hide them well. Yeah? Until people are mature enough to get there. And if you're at the prayer meetings and stuff, we pray for people. And you say, oh, I didn't think you did that as a church. I thought you were like modern. No, we do pray. Yeah. Why? Because if Jesus needed to pray, how much more do we need to pray? Yeah? We need to call for God to help us. And if we're going to have favour, we've got to find the ways of favour. And so I, that's why I want to I teach them to you. There are principles in the Bible so that you can repeat the miracles. Yeah? yeah. Otherwise, everything's random. And if, you, if Mike gets a load of blessing on his life, everyone goes, well, he's amazing. He must be the best Christian in, in, in this place. Which, which we know is true. <laughs> but then we feel inferior. And I've known people get blessing after blessing after blessing and their life is falling apart. 
Blessing's got very little to do with your lifestyle. It's to do with God's goodness. Yeah. But if you can find the principles of how blessings operate, how, 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 how miracles operate, then that means you, you're not going in blind, you're going in knowing what you have to do and how to do it and how to get your miracle, yeah? So divine favour works with a great attitude. It's like faith. Faith can only work with a great attitude. Faith works best in the context of love and divine favour is the same. If you've got a bad attitude, it's a blockage to favour flowing. And so we have to deal with attitude, yeah? yeah? Can you see now there's a reason to be holy? A reason to be like set apart and live the life that God wants us to live. There's a reason for it. It's because anything less is a blockage. And, and when, 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 when your praise goes up and there's no power comes down, you've got to look and say, Lord, where's the blockage? And the Holy Spirit can flick something in your mind. Sometimes you already know before you're asking who's ever done that. Lord, where's the... Um, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. <laughs> You know, all the black goes after a while. You, think, oh, you know me so well. King David got to that. Psalm 139. You search me, Lord, and you know me. So let's get the black out of the way. You know me. Now then, you know me going out. You know me coming in. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. You know all about me. You know about me in growing toenail. That's the least of my problems. I'll get on to my problems later, Lord. <laughs> I'm just warming you up here. You know? So we're all a bunch of blackers, and God knows that. But sometimes you've just got to realise... I can figure some things out myself. And then we have to do it. We have to remove certain attitudes. It's like when you're married, you know, Peter said, and he's very close to Jesus, Peter said this. He said, if you, treat, if you men treat your wives badly, you know, it'll affect your prayers. God won't answer your prayers. That's amazing. You know, Christianity raises up womanhood more than any other religion. And... Um, is, you know, when Paul got hold of Christianity, Christianity got hold of him, he started to teach this kind of stuff with, with uh, amazing writings in Corinthians and, and other places. But even, even the kind of knuckle-dragger Peter, you know, he could say, woman is, is of the weaker sex. That's a bad translation. It means more delicate. It's like, don't be rough with her. Be rough with your mates down in pub, but don't be rough with her. Treat her like she's a queen, Yeah. So divine favour works with a great attitude. Number two, divine favour opens up opportunity. And we need opportunity. Sometimes we bypass opportunities. They're staring us in the face, but we miss it when we've got a bad attitude. Like, I can't be bothered. Just can't be bothered today. And it's like, well, Jesus will sort it out later on, and he doesn't. That's what I find. That's one of my big learns, the sin of assumption. And I was like, oh, Jesus... He can correct me, 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 you know, he can sort it all. I'll just leave it to him. Um, and when he waits for me and he says, now you're going to correct it because I need you to learn some things. Everyone said, ouch. And when Jesus disciplines, discipline without love is punishment. But discipline with love is, is a father's heart trying to say, I'm, I'm going to help you to get this right. You cannot miss this if you're going to function as a human being and as a leader. But also, you cannot, you cannot leave this out. Otherwise, I can't promote you. And I want to promote you. God wants to promote every one of us. And that's not up to him whether he promotes us. It's up to you. There's a learn. I used to think that God... When I saw people doing well in life, I thought, Christians I'm talking about, I thought, do you know, God, you must really love them. And it's clear that God loves us all. But some are more cooperative than others. 
and think people that can't be tested can't be trusted so he has to test us are you going to hold to my word no matter how much it hurts you are you going to hold are you going to hold to my word are you just going to give in and follow the world yeah and i want you to be strong in faith that's why i'm saying it because we're going to be in tight corners where compromise is going to be looking at us and staring us in the face and i want us to stick to god's word doing it god's way and and so um, I want to tool you up so that you're strong in faith and you're able to resist the temptation to compromise, the temptation to give in. Get strong again. And we all, you know, the candle burns light in many of our lives, but we've got to get it strengthened again and get going again. So how do you do that? How, how, how? And, and I would say that as we meet people, just, you know, let's not just get out the, the, you know, being nicer than God with people. That's why we have it as real, relevant, relational, but it's real. Our, our connection with people has got to be real. But let me get back to my point. I'm drifting a little bit. So, favour opens up opportunities. So I want you to maintain your integrity, living God's word and God's way. If you feel like giving up, if, you, if you're on the brink of compromise, I want you tonight to stop it. Just stop it. You have the power to stop it. Yeah, yeah. It's not God. You are, he's given you the power. Come on, what's that? Who's, who's that little girl in the story of Wizard of Oz? Dorothy. Dorothy, come on, click your heels, Dorothy. <laughs> click your heels. You've got the power. You can turn it on or turn it off. That's up to you. Yeah? yeah? yeah. And so I don't want compromises in my church. I don't want me to compromise. What if I walked in tonight drunk as a skunk, smoking cigarettes? Happy cigarettes. <laughs> and you think, oh, what's happened to Dave? You'd be disappointed, yeah? yeah. Well, I would. If I, so it's just the same. It's the same for us all. We're all tempted to give up and give in. Yeah. And we've got to keep fighting. And so I've got to speak like this and say, don't compromise. And I say it to myself, don't compromise. But I'm weak. I know you're weak, Dave, but don't compromise. Yeah. Don't, somebody else do this. No, you're doing it. Am I? Yeah. <laughs> well, shout at me, Dave. I can't help it, Dave. You annoy me. <laughs> In the Old Testament, look at the favour on the characters. We mentioned Daniel last week, thrown into the, the, the den of, uh, of lions. And, um, you know, Daniel... Whatever came against Daniel had to move out the way. Why? Because God's favour on his life was so powerful. Yeah. When we get to Jesus, and we will in a minute, the power, the, the favour on Jesus' life was so powerful, he had to say, don't tell who, who healed you. He had to calm the crowds down because he was just growing and growing. The favour on his life, everyone was marvelling at the things that he was doing because of God's favour. Instead of people going to the hospital, Jesus touched them, they got healed. Broken arms, diseases, deadly diseases, they all just went, instead of having re... Not, not re, what do you call it? Recovery stuff. No, 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 when, when you've got a disease and stuff in your... No. Revision, that's right. Revi no, it's not revision. Rehabilitation, for goodness sake, help me, Jesus. <laughs> or whatever it is, anyway. You know, no, it's, not, it's not even that, it's where they look after you. The, the fever's broke, but now you need looking after, yeah? Recuperation, there we go. <laughs> Unbelievable. Three values on there. Anyway, he bypassed all the process. Why? Because God's favour on his life was so powerful. 
And God's favour needs to be on our life. It needs to be. It's not like this is an, a, 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 an optional extra. When you, when, you, when you come up on high and you're as high as us, then you get this optional extra. It's for everybody, yeah. everywhere, at all times. Yeah. Because if Jesus needed favour, we need favour. Yeah. Daniel had favour. These things are written. It says in 1 Corinthians 10, the Old Testament stories were written for our learning. So we could look at them and say, oh, that's how God did it. Abraham and Sarah couldn't have babies, but favour on their life. God spoke his word. They believed that word that he spoke. And so it had an effect on them. And they were able to have children at 100. He was 100, she was 90. That's a miracle. You've got Noah building an ark. He'd never built an ark before. Imagine thinking, I've got to go in that thing. Where's the wheels, Noah? Oh, we invented wheels, yeah. <laughs> it's like, so they get in the ark. And God says, I want you to take two of every animal. I can imagine all the kind of Clever people thinking, oh my, giddy ant, two elephants, two giraffes, two, and how are we going to fit them into this ark and the dimensions are there in the Bible for you to see? Listen, how do you go and catch them? Imagine going chasing a lion and a, a leopard. <laughs> and cheetahs. <laughs> You're like, how do you go and catch all them? Getting an elephant like that, come on you beggar, get in here. <laughs> right? How are you going to do it all? The Bible says God caused the animals to come. That's favour. That's favour. And they weren't big elephants, they were baby elephants. Why? Because they thought about it. And God thought about it. They weren't big lions, oh, I'm going to eat you for my breakfast. Little cubs going, eat me, eat me. <laughs> Take lion cubs on, yeah? yeah? Can you feel the love tonight? There's nothing original. Noah wrote that song. <laughs> so they got everything. But I know there'll be people like me going, Chasing grasshoppers and insects. He said two of everything. Right. Leave it, Dave, just leave it. Some things will just get through. Leave, just leave it. Ooh, mosquitoes. Oh, I've killed it. Ah, I've been at this all day. God caused it. If God didn't cause it, they wouldn't have been saved. And for over 100 years, Noah preached the gospel. Not the same gospel as us, but, you know, judgment is coming. God's judging the world. He's going to judge it. And it, you've got, the only escape is in the ark. Can you see the parallel to today? The church for 2,000 years has been holding out its hands to a lost world saying, Jesus, God is going to judge this world. And Jesus is the only way. Jesus is God's ark today. And you've got to be in Christ if you're going to survive the judgment. People are like, nah, nah, you're all right. We're going out tonight. We're going out on lash. It was the same in Noah's time. There's nothing different. Yeah. And you're trying to penetrate people's minds. So there are only eight people saved. Out of millions of people, there are only eight people saved. Everybody else died and they drowned because they wouldn't receive the word. What's your heart like tonight in terms of receiving the word? I hope as I'm preaching, the word, I try to make it a little bit funny. And so, sometimes it's not funny. It's me just forgetting things. But... The favour on Noah was incredible. And then you've got the favour on, on different people. Gideon, he had 32,000 men to fight, a massive, massive army of hundreds of thousands. So he was outnumbered. You know, God whittled his number down from 32,000 to 300. And he says, there's too many. This is when he got to something like 3,000, there's still too many. And he says, I'll get you down to 300. Gets him down to 300. And with some little clay jars with candles in 
and a shout, you got 300 men. They had to smash the jars and shout, a sword for the Lord and for Gideon. That's powerful, isn't it, against a massive army. And God used 300 men to massacre this massive army that was brutal and ruthless coming against this little nation, Israel. God's favour on people's lives. You'll do more with less when you've got God's favour on your life. Starting a business, you'll do more with less with God's favour on your life. Joseph, you know God... God got him out of that prison eventually. But Joseph's a good picture. I'll tell you why. Because the person that he helped in prison was the cupbearer to Pharaoh. And he said, when you get out of here, I've, in, I've in, interpreted your dream. I've helped you. You're going to get promotion. Your mate is not. He's, he'll be hanging around for a few days. Some of you know your Bible. That were really witty. But you've got to know the script anyway. So he says, but when you get out, remember me. And he forgets him. When you're walking in strong faith and favour, God must be your source and your only source. Because you will grab, when you're desperate, you will grab at anything. Honestly, it takes one to know one. Through that credit crunch, I was was desperate not to sink. So I know what it's like. When I see desperate people, I have such compassion, I get it. And, and you, you know, you're tempted to cut corners and you don't cut corners. And you know what happens? Life's just cold and tough until you come to church and at least you've got people speaking your kind of language. And for at least half an hour to an hour on a Sunday, you're getting some energy pumped into you and you can go again for another week. And it's just amazing. I love it. You know, that's why I've created church the way I've created it, so that we minister to people. It's not just a tick box on a Sunday. Yeah, I've been, because I'm born again and you see, and I'm spirit-filled and that's what I do. It's like, no, them are tick boxes. But when you come and you receive God's word and your deadness all of a sudden comes alive again, you think, let's go again. And sometimes you've got to live week to week. Jesus said, live day to day. Don't take no care about tomorrow because there's enough trouble in today for you to deal with. We keep living with tomorrow. We keep paying tomorrow today at yesterday's price. Anyway, we keep, you know, we, we keep worrying about tomorrow when we've got enough to deal with today to discipline ourselves. To just say, I can't think about that problem. I have to concentrate on today. But anyway, Joseph gets all pimped up. He gets the gold chain. He gets the signet ring. He gets new, new claws. And he gets a chariot. And, and people are honouring him. And this is an amazing thing. This is what, what, uh, what favour does. Yeah. It, it lifts you up. Yeah. Remember what I was saying last week about going up 10 flights of stairs and feeling all sweaty when you get to the top. And I was saying, favour is like taking the lift. And you get up and you get up intact and you walk out and you feel strong and you're, you're not sweaty. You can, you can still smell your deodorant rather than the other stuff. And you, you know, you walk out, you go into your office or whatever you've got to do. Take the lift. Favour is taking the lift. But I want to say this, there's purpose to favour. And there was purpose to, to, to um, Joseph being raised up. It's so that he could save nations. He's a picture of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament really and truly. There's a purpose to God raising global up throughout the world. If it's just so that we can say, oh, we're all over the world, aren't we great? Then that's a pointless thing. But I know why God wants to raise us up, because we want to share the gospel in ways that they can understand. And honestly, 
the closer we get to the culture that we're, that, that we're trying to reach, the less distance the gospel has to travel. They don't have to work through a church culture. When I went to church, I had to try and learn the church culture, and they wouldn't even teach it me. Or an outsider, not as good as them. It's almost like, you sit over there. They didn't say that, but they might as well have said it. And even when they were saying, oh, it's so good to see you. When I had an opinion on something, they weren't interested. I said, just don't, you're just causing trouble. Just, just sit down and be quiet. And I don't want a church like that. I want a church where people say, I don't know whether I agree with this. And we're saying, well, tell us then, what, what do you think? Because that, you know, when people speak, it reveals the heart, it reveals the thinking. And we've all got stinking thinking. Many churches think it's only unbelievers that have got stinking thinking. We've got stinking thinking. That's why I'm bringing this together every Sunday. It's like, let's let the Word speak into our hearts. Yeah. And you're saying, but you haven't used the Word tonight, Dave. I haven't seen a verse up there. That's because I've been exercising the stories in the Bible. The Bible is essentially, the uh, Gospel is, was communicated by word of mouth, yeah. not by the written Word. Because they couldn't read and write. Yeah. That's what I love, but they could tell stories. I've boiled the feeding of the 5,000 down to 5,000. It was 3 billion when I first told that story. Because <laughs> I do tell stories. So Joseph, there's a purpose. When God raises your business up, God's really blessed me and I tithe. You tithe, you stingy thing. When God's built your business up, you tithe. Goodness me, let God stretch your heart a little bit. If God will give you double for your trouble, why don't you give him double? It's all gone quiet now. It's like, oh, you spoiled it now. <laughs> you sack it. I don't want a painter and decorating business. I'm not giving 20%. Well, don't give 20%. Give 90% and live on 10%. It's really gone quiet, hasn't it? <laughs> but what if that 10% is a million? You say, oh, yeah, I'd do it then. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. You just wouldn't. And neither would I. Unless you can do it this side of the million, you wouldn't do it the other side. Honestly. The more money you have, the less easy it is to give because the figures are bigger. When you get on a good wage, to tithe on a good wage, you think, that's a mortgage. Well, I, I could do this, that, and I know, I'll just give half because God understands. Stop it. Stop it. Stop compromising. But you see, when you've nothing, it was so easy for me and Shelley to tithe when I were on the dole and she was working part-time. So easy. In fact, the tithe was so low, I think they had to give me some. Well, if they didn't have to, I, th I, think I, might, I think I might have helped myself. I can't remember. So, there's a purpose to your prosperity. That's all I'm saying. But favour's coming your way. Watch for it. It's already hit most of us, but we don't recognise it because it doesn't get taught. So, some scriptures I want to just go through. Remember, a moment of favour is worth a lifetime of... Later. There we go. When we walk in favour, God must be our source and our only source. Otherwise, you will hint, you will drop hints, you will try and manipulate things to your way. And, and we've just got to back off and say, come on, Lord, I'm trusting in you. Yeah. And when your boss gives you a pay rise, you start to see God, not your boss. And that's what I want us to see. He's set you up, he's funding you to be here. He's funding you in your job. So if you're criticising your job, saying, I'm fed up of this and I'm fed up of that, steady. Remember, favour works with a great attitude. Let's have an attitude of gratitude. Let's thank God. Of course, it's tough sometimes in life, but let's thank God 
for what we've got. Okay, just a few scriptures before we finish. I want to take us to uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 20, 26 to 33. And this is Mary, the mother of Jesus. She's a young girl, and the angel Gabriel visits her and says, you're going to be with child. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, <clears throat> to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel went to her and said, Greetings, you, are, you who are highly favoured. Everyone say highly. Highly, highly favoured. The Lord is with you. God's looking at this teenage girl and he knows what she's going to have to go through. He knows that when he implants that seed in her, that she's going to have the Messiah, which was every young girl's dream, and they just thought the Messiah was just going to be a bloke, but he was going to be a deliverer like King David and deliver them from the Romans. But do you know what? He wasn't a bloke. He was more than a man. He was fully man, but he was fully God. And God's plan was unravelling, being revealed, I should say. And, and so Mary was highly favoured, and she would live the rest of her life with a question mark over her morality that she'd had sex with somebody else before she got married to Joseph. And even Luke records, and Luke's the doctor, he's the only Gentile, he's the only non-Jew in the Bible, and doctors are brilliant. You get more information from Mary about what happened than anybody else because a doctor's good at asking the right questions and getting the answers. And he got the answers from Mary and other people that, that were around at that time. But also, um, what he found out was that Mary and Joseph didn't sleep together until after Jesus was born, just to make sure nobody would misunderstand that this is a fulfilment of the prophet Isaiah. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and he'll be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I thought you'd like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's very good. That's very good. Yeah, yeah. Like a mighty tortoise marches the church of God. <laughs> Brothers, we are treading where we've always trod. Anyway, it's an old sarcastic take on him. So, she was highly favoured. She brought the Messiah into the world. Absolutely amazing. But she needed God's favour in order to fulfil her destiny. You and I are going to need God's favour on our lives in order to fill God's destiny on our lives. And favour takes you beyond yourself. That's why you need God's favour. You step out in faith. And God doesn't expect you to have it all together. He's saying, I'm with you. I'm going to help you work this out. It's too big for you. So good. Can we take another scripture? Well done. You're really good liars. It's, I love this church. You're so good at it. Anyway, Luke chapter 2. So Mary needed God's favour. What about, oh no, no, sorry, sorry. Exodus chapter three. This was meant to be my main message. It's a cracker is this one though. Exodus chapter three. God had spoken, this is before any of the plagues came and he'd spoken to Moses and he says, go and tell my people this, but I am sure that the king of Egypt will not let you go. No, not even, if a might, not even by a mighty hand. So, this is God speaking. So, I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my wonders, which I will do in its midst. And after that, he will let you go. It's important that we get that. God made a promise before they went in, before Moses went in 
to say to Pharaoh, God says, you've got to leave, don't let my people go. And Pharaoh's saying, I don't know who your God is, but there's no chance. When God says something's going to happen, it's, going to, it's so that you can have faith when everything goes backwards and in reverse. When the Bible says you can do this and you step out to do it and everything goes in reverse, you've got to believe the word, not your experience. Otherwise you will shrink everything down to your experience. So God promises he will let you go. Everyone say he will let you go. And I will give this people favour in the sight of the Egyptians and it shall be when you go, you shall not go empty-handed. For 430 years, these people had been slaves in Egypt. For 20 years, they'd had it good because um, Joseph was alive. But it says in the Old Testament, a new pharaoh came who, who didn't know Joseph or anything like that and didn't care. And he was a dictator. And they've had dictator after dictator after dictator. And, and, and what happened is they've not been paid for 430 years. They've been mistreated for 430 years. When God had watched his people and he says, you shall not go empty-handed. Everyone go. <laughs> but every woman shall ask of her neighbour, namely of her who dwells near her house, articles of silver, articles of gold, rivers of silver, rivers of gold. He said, well, no, they're just asking for a bit of gold here. There's two million people asking for silver and asking for gold. Put it all together, you've got freaking rivers of the stuff, yeah? And listen to this, it blows me away. And clothing. And you shall put them on your sons and, and your daughters, so you shall plunder the Egyptians. God wants to give a vision to the next generation to say, when God moves, this is how you walk. You're walking out loaded with stuff. All the injustice of the past is cut out. Why? Because of God's favour. It didn't look like God's favour were on your life, but it was building to something. Yeah. Why? why? Why didn't it look like God, God's favour? Because God's got a time sometimes. And he waits. And that's why we've got to give our life to him to say, I want to do your will. Because sometimes his will is just hard work. But there comes a time where he brings it all about. And listen, 430 years worth of debts on 2 million people was paid in one day. That's favour. Can you see how he speeds it up? And they walk through, they were about to get it, they got all the dosh, they got the clothes, the gold rattling, the jewellery's rattling, there's probably diamonds in there, diamonds on the soles of the shoes. Anyway, and then they hit the Red Sea. It's impossible now, it's like, oh dang. But God did say that we would get out of there. But there's this Red Sea and you can't work it out and you're not supposed to work it out. Just nudge somebody and say, stop thinking. Some things are beyond us and you need a miracle. And so they get to the edge of the Red Sea. Moses starts praying like a religious man and God says to him, quit praying, quick march. And he's like, but, 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 but there's water there. And God says, well, get that staff and just point it over the waters. So he did, and that night God sent two winds that collided. And those winds often collide. Sorry, if they had to collide today, those winds still exist. But if they had to collide today, they'd part the same place. But it was just at the right time. God often uses natural things in order to bring a miracle. And so there you go. The, the thing parted, the sea parted, they walked through on dry ground. Their enemies are coming. God hadn't finished yet. He said, I'll do away with your enemies and he closes up the water and that's a picture of baptism 
that you go under the water and the enemy, Pharaoh, an evil king, has no longer got any power over you. While you're on this turf, he could control you. But the waters of baptism, as you come out the other side, his power is broken in the waters of baptism. And now you're on the other side, and no matter how much he tempts you and goads you and tells you you're rubbish, he can't get near you. He has to fire arrows at you so that your shield of faith has to go up. He can't get near you because of baptism. Just saying. Back to the point, God's favour on Israel. He repaid them for 430 years of no pay or bad pay. Two million people, he paid them in one day. That's the, that's the power of favour. And that same God is with you, tucking you up at night with your cocoa, right? When you kneel at the, at the bottom of your bed and you say, Lord Jesus, I'll just commit my family, I'll just, and you think, well, nothing seems to happen. No, that's powerful. He's going to do that. He's with your family. When you pray for your friends who don't know God, he's there working on them. In fact, he's probably the one that gave you the idea to pray for them. He's so committed. Just want to say. And as global, we need God's favour on us if we're going to see cities open. I've got cities in my mind and I'm thinking, I don't know anybody there. So I'm, I'm about to just get on a plane and just go and have a chat with somebody in Mexico or whatever. I'll go somewhere and I'll just start chatting. I'll probably take somebody with me. I'll probably take somebody with me. But can you see what I'm, I'm going to do? It. I'm just going to, I'm just going to do it. Does anybody want to come with me? There we go. Me and John, there we are. Oh, you're saying, I'd like to go, but not with you. <laughs> can we have a girls weekend out there? I don't know what you mean. I mean. Why not? Why not? All right, Luke chapter 2, verse 52. Just one more scripture. Luke chapter 2, verse 32. In Africa, they're begging you for scriptures. And here we're like, oh, we haven't built more yet. Yeah. All right, enough of this. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favour with God and man. And you know something? We need to be like Jesus. Jesus did his miracles, not as God the Son, but as the Son of God. And so he, had, he took the limitations of a human being, so he had to have faith in his heavenly Father so that we could copy him. Yeah? He's, he's the pioneer of our faith, so he leads the way. How do I know that? 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21. Just very quickly as I'm coming through. To this you recall, because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his footsteps. And if we're going to follow in Jesus' footsteps, we need the same favour on our lives that he did to stretch out our hands and heal the sick. To be able to say to our friends, you, st you stuck for money, go down to the local market, you'll find a fish there with two gold coins in its mouth. Just go and buy that fish. Yeah? Who'd like to do that? That'd be cool, wouldn't it? I wouldn't tell them, I'd go and get it myself. Anyway, John chapter 14, verse 12. We're rushing in here. John chapter 14, verse 12. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing. Who'd like to do that? He raised the dead. He said, that's impossible. But didn't I tell you last week that a non-believer raised his mate from the dead in Jesus' name? And they will do even greater things than these. We as disciples will do even greater things than Jesus did because I am going to the Father. Peter walked on water. Jesus raised the dead. I don't know what's greater. I know. We're going to fly. He wants us to fly. I thought I thought might have landed with you. Clearly it didn't. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 17. Come on, we're finishing tonight. Sam said it prophetically. 
For this reason, he had to be made like them. In other words, like his brothers. Fully human in every way. In order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. And that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Jesus was made like us in every way. And yet could produce miracles. Could produce hope in people's hearts. Could produce uh, breakthrough in people's lives. That is our job. And we're holding out hope to people every week helping them to see we've got to we've got to learn how to word it so it's not just a preach at somebody but bringing words of life into people's lives that are dead okay we're going to finish i just want one extra scripture going up actually just two proverbs 18 21 many of you'll know this but it it links in because we're going to bless ourselves how selfish does that sound but we are going to bless ourselves Proverbs 18.21 The tongue has the power of life and death and those who love it will eat its fruit. The power has the, 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 the tongue sorry, has the power of life and death. What are you speaking in your life? I spoke about Ethan and Jeff in marriage this morning and I'm saying, you, you know, I know it's cool and trendy to Ethan and Jeff and like this, you know, we're hip and there's nothing wrong and all that, but it's too aggressive. You can't build... And here's the other thing, when you're effing and jeffing, even when you're jesting, sometimes it cuts because it's too aggressive. It cuts into people's hearts and lives. So you have to use this. Oh, we're only joking. Because it's too hard. That kind of language is too hard. In your mouth and in your tongue, there is the power of life and death. Yeah? So that he who blesses himself, say himself. I mean, it could be herself as well, that's fine. We, we, we get that. He who blesses himself in the earth shall bless himself in the God of truth. And he who swears in the earth, meaning like, a, I don't, don't mean a swear word, but like, you know, we swear by the Bible or whatever. He who makes an oath in the earth shall make that oath by the God of truth because the former troubles are forgotten and because they are hidden from my eyes. But blessing yourself is an important thing because you start to reframe and recalibrate your thinking and you start to live in the words that, you, that you're saying about yourself. Um, you know, perfume was meant to be sprayed and walked into. Did you know that? You're not meant to like put it on yourself, you're meant to spray it and walk into it and then it just falls on your body. And, and it's like that with your words. What's going on around you? Check your language. At work, how do people treat you at work? Check your language. Not just your swear words, but you, are, you, are you negative? You know, what kind of person are you? Are you judgmental? Are you condemning? Are you, are you like, you know, no sort of conviction type of person? Because you'll create an atmosphere around you of that. And so it's the same with when you're blessing, you're walking into that blessing. And so I'd like us all to stand if we would. There we go. Let's all say this together, yeah? Yes. I'll try it again. Let's all say this together, yeah? Yes. I know I've gone over a little bit, but it's not a crime, for goodness sake. What do you mean I do it all the time? Are we ready? We're invoking a blessing. We're going to bless ourselves. These words are going to bring life to us, if we allow them, yeah? Okay, after three, we're going to say them out loud. Are we ready? One, two, three. In the name of Jesus, I declare that the way God sees me is the way I see myself. I'm highly favoured of the Lord. I'm crowned with glory and honour. I am the righteousness of God. I am reigning as a king or queen in life. 
through Jesus Christ, the Messiah. I declare on Jesus' name that I walk in divine favour. I have preferential treatment and supernatural increase. I have restoration and I have prominence. I have petitions granted, laws changed, policies and rules changed, and battles won that I do not have to fight. All because of favour. The blessing and favour of God is on my life in Jesus' name. Every morning when I get up, I will speak and expect divine favour to go before me and surround me like a shield with goodwill and amazing treasures forevermore. Doors are now open for me that men have said are impossible to open. No obstacle can stop me. No hindrance can delay me. In Jesus' name, I am honoured by my Father as I receive genuine favour that comes directly from God. I am special to Him. I am the object of His attention. I am the apple of His eye. I am blessed and highly favoured of the Lord. Impossible situations are about to come to fruitfulness in my life. When people have signed me off, God is going to step me up because it's time for favour in my life. From the team here at Global Church, thank you for listening to this podcast. Please check out our other messages available on the website 